Two for Fox sake. My name is Pete Selby alongside Rob Hayes, not in the commentary box at the King Power or downstairs walking around the stadium at the end of a game, Rob Hayes. That was good though, wasn't it? Um, in, in a very strange kind of anniversary way as well, because it's about 10 years since we first did a game down there. Um, it might be 10 years till we next do a game down there, but we'll see. Um, but it was excellent. I, I listened back and I thought it worked really well and We'll have to do that, but in a kind of maybe non-work um, capacity. So we'll have to do it as fans, as you see people do. But at least we were walking around with kind of lanyards. We looked kind of half, uh, half not not responsible. But it looked like we knew we, we were there for kind of other reasons than uh, than being just fans and that. So uh, some kind of official capacity. But it was really good. And the main thing is Leicester won. And then the main thing is Rob. They backed it up with another win at the weekend. Yeah, the main thing is we go. We went into the international break uh, uh, with this kind of run of form that we're on, with uh, remaining top of the championship, and uh, and yeah, it, our, our decade long relationship with Leicester City with football. I'd like to think that with those lanyards on from being in the press box and walking along with um, your recording equipment, that I'd like to think that we looked like we knew what we were doing. If anybody actually listened back to the podcast, they would be very clear that we, quite a lot of the time, haven't got a clue. We're just having a chinwag about the football. But it was nice to do it in person, very nice. And uh, it was nice that we both got to commentate on, on at least a goal each. Uh, it was excellent to see Leicester just completely outclass uh, a championship team that, that that couldn't get anywhere near us, and uh, although I didn't see the Stoke game, I get the impression that for large parts of the game, as has been the case for large parts of this season, they couldn't get anywhere near us either, and uh, and the role continues really. Yeah, the role does continue. I think I was pretty spot on with what I came up with against Stoke. So I just said it's going to be copy and paste. I think was the term I used, and and it kind of was. I mean, Stoke. They are a, a, a bit of a, a, a sad case at the moment. Just looking at the league table now, the 21st right down there. They, they play at home to uh, Sunderland uh, on Saturday. And I've Sunderland are that sort of team where they, they've done it a few times. They'll, they'll concede a lot of goals, but they also um, will score plenty. Very young side, very exciting team, actually, Sunderland. And I just get half an idea they could give Stoke a bit of a spanking and it maybe could be... Uh, possibly the end of uh, uh, may, maybe they'll, they, they they might not uh, press the button yet because QPR, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday are three sides really in n- not just bad form but you you struggle really to see them turning this around really and uh, I know it's a, a very early stage to say that and there's still you know a million points to play for and there's not an awful lot between them but yeah that's the way I look at it with them so they were just there for the taking, and uh, and Leicester currently sit ten points um, above third place Preston. Because again, that's the, what we've got to look at. Third place, yes, we want to win the league, 
But uh, Ipswich, absolutely flying, right behind us, two points behind us, fair play, like fair play. I was just talking to you a minute ago, Rob, about uh, uh, something to do with a bit of work and an Ipswich Town fan, and they were just saying, yeah, you guys are just flying. And I said, well, you are annoying. He says, yeah, but we're we're doing it in a way where on, on the odd occasion it is kind of like that you score, we score, you score. So it's dead exciting, you know, you can't fault them at all. But um, the gap really is to Preston who have now lost three on the bounce. That just shows you how well they were doing, that they're still in third place, losing three on the bounce. Uh, and then you've got what, Sunderland, Leeds, only a point behind them. Birmingham uh, up into sixth now, uh, of course, with the, the change around they've got there. So who knows? Uh, Mr. Rudy might take them back down towards mid-table. But yeah, that's the way it looks uh, in the in the championship. Uh, just one team, as I just you know kind of flicked down, uh, winning four on the bounce, uh, a certain Middlesbrough in 16th and a certain Swansea City um, in 12th pace, which is quite uh, apt, Rob, because um, it wasn't going to plan there at Swansea. There's a few people actually very loosely on, on Twitter who I follow for, for other reasons, just for football reasons, but just because they're just kind of football journalists who you end up kind of uh, following who are supporters of Swansea. So I tend to see a little bit of Swansea on my on my timeline. And from what I gather, it was um, it was all okay at the start of the season. They they couldn't get a win, they couldn't get a, a point, but the it was all just about to click. We know that they sold their strike, and it was big rumours about moving to Leicester and ends up going to Leeds. But um, it it was all almost like Middlesbrough, where they couldn't do anything. In fact, those are the two teams, aren't they? That's one of the last four. No surprise then. So they couldn't do anything at the start of the season. But it wasn't like they were being turned over and. It was all just a matter of case. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, they've gone and won four on the bounce. And both are looking towards the top six now from 12th and, and 16th place, but not many points behind. Um, and that's where we travelled to. We travelled to Swansea uh, on Saturday to take on this informed team, three o'clock kickoff. Uh, and then we've got a, uh, a game on the Tuesday nights at home to Sunderland again, uh, an informed team before we uh, travel down to Queen's Park Rangers in the bottom three. So two tough games in the championship, especially against this informed Swansea side. Yeah, but it's helpful when your away form's as good as ours, isn't it? I, I read something earlier that... Um... Winning five straight away games in a, in a, at the beginning of a championship season hasn't happened for thirty years. When Newcastle did it in the early nineties, so that's uh, it's something that is not to to turn your nose up at because I mean home and away form is obviously very very important. But uh, we we look very comfortable at the King Power, but we've gone to other grounds, especially early on in the season where nobody was totally sure how the tactics would play out, how the style of play would work, and imposed ourselves against some good teams away from home. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say these are amazing teams in the championship and you're not going to get the same kind of uh, sort of dominance in, in the Premier League when we return. I think I'll try and say that every podcast just to make it come true. But the the away form is fantastic. Uh, Swansea, yes, in form. I, I was um, just having a look. I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't really keep track of what's happening in the championship but outside of Leicester and, and keeping an eye on the results of the teams that I know are roughly around us in the in the league. I'm still very much a let's watch match of the day on a Saturday night, let's have a look at the Premier League scores, play fantasy Premier League and then uh, just dip my toe in the championship when I need to. So I, about five minutes before we started recording, I had a look at what Swansea had been doing. Last four games, three goals scored in three of them, two goals scored in the other. So... 
they have, like you said, turned a massive corner and are also finding the back of the net. And I've been very surprised with how few goals Leicester have conceded so far this season. And, you know, if, if Swansea have got the tails up and are finding the back of the net regularly, then Leicester's high-risk strategy could uh, not come unstuck, but it could mean that uh, that we're not quite enjoying the, the clean sheets that we've got quite used to recently. Yeah, there were plenty of changes made to the side um, for the Stoke game, uh, more than expected. We We said at the time against Preston that it was pretty easy to look at the team and go, right, I'd imagine X, Y, and Z will come out, and and it, and it and it happened. You know, Ianacho comes in for Vardy, um, Cassidy then comes into midfield uh, for it would have been Ndidi. But the backline, uh, Suter playing, Vestergaard then coming back into the side was expected. But uh, to have them Chowdhury in the side as well, I don't think that was expected. A backline of Ricardo Pereira, Harry Suter. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard and, and, and Hamza Chowdhury but obviously it worked and, and Leicester of course got the, the early-ish goal and, and, and dominated the game and uh, got a thoroughly deserved win It's I, I think this is a, a different kettle of fish and when you try and look back at games I think it's quite then difficult as I was just literally about to to go well you know Blackburn Rovers there was a team there for, to take in but then again uh, you know you could score goals against Blackburn but it's not... And yet they went and did it comprehensively. And then you play Preston at home and you go, OK, Preston are doing well this season. They've started really well. That's going to be a tough side to try and break down. You win 3-0. And then you kind of play Stoke and we all predicted a, 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 a pretty straightforward game and winning 2-0. Uh, it was. It's, it's And then and then you look for it. OK, right, we're going to play Swansea. It's, this is going to be a, a, a different game to the rest. I think you just got to take every game on its merit. Even though I think we were pretty correct with our with our thoughts regarding at least those three games um, in October. I, I just look at this game. I, th- I think the game against Sunderland, um, I think is a, is a this is going to sound ridiculous, but you're playing away at Swansea at home against Sunderland. Of course, they're completely different games. You're playing at different locations against li- different teams, but I think they are fundamentally massively different games. Um, I, I look at the Swansea game as a very dangerous away game. I look at it as a game where you, the, on the run that we're on, we're going to go into every single game wanting to win, expecting to win. The fans are expecting to win, and I think the players are are now exuding an, an air of... You can hear it in their interviews. You can hear it in their voices. Um, when they're asked about the run, it's now gone from, yes, we've, we've started well each game as it comes, the kind of run-of-the-mill football answers that you expect players to, to answer with. Um, you remember Madison last year coming out with a few different words. I know at times maybe the wrong ones, but at least he, he, he sounded kind of like human. But those kind of run-of-the-mill answers now have kind of been replaced by a little bit of arrogance, which I think is good. It's a case of, well, we expected to win. Well, we went into the game on such a high, you know, we were not we're not worried about being nil-nil after 60 minutes. We, we know we've got the confidence to go and score the late goals if teams shut up shop or it hasn't quite worked. And it's just creeping into the language, also from the manager as well. Um, and I think that's great. You know, if you're top of the league in the style that Leicester have played in this season and just with the track record um, that Leicester have got in this league at the moment, um, why not? Why not? Why not? Be arrogant. Not Don't be horrible, but at the moment, but 
be arrogant and go, look, we're winning these games. Of course, we've got every single game. We're going to go next week. And we're going to try and win. That's the only thing we're going to do. But from from my seat right here in front of this microphone, I just look at that game and go, is it bad to say a point might be a good point? Because I think Swansea and the way they play, the style of football they play, I know they don't have you know, Russell Martin and, and, and that kind of football anymore, but in, in the way that they've been playing uh, and the players that they've got, I just look at them and go, against Leicester, and again, the style that Leicester play in, the, the Maresca ball, that we've all been enjoying, Enzo ball, I look at Swansea as probably one of two or three teams in the league that I'll be most... Uh, worried about playing against, regardless of form. And then you look at their form and you see four on the bounce. I think the arrogance is, a, is I agree with you, is a very good thing. And how much of a contrast is that when you compare it to the attitude from last season? Not necessarily in the media and in the interviews, because I think um, obviously the players last season and Brendan Rodgers, were, they, they present what they want to present to the media and regardless of the situation we were in, it was, uh, look, we know what situation we're in. We're all working hard. We're going to get out of it, blah, blah, blah. None of them really believed it. And and I'll tell you how you know that, because you see how they are within the first few minutes of a game last season, especially if the other team got on top or had a couple of chances or we went behind as we did so often and there's no way back. There never was. You could tell just by the body language that, that the players did not believe that they were going to get themselves out of that situation. And Dean Smith, Craig Shakespeare, John Terry could not change that mentality that quickly. So we've had a complete reset in the summer. Yes, we're in a different division with a different manager and a, and a, and a fresh group of players, if you like. But the the mentality is totally different. They're going into that game not expecting to win in the sense that they're just sort of cruising through it, going, look at our squad list, ours is way better than yours. Uh, I'm, I'm playing at 60-70% because ultimately the players were playing at 60-70% last season for different reasons and we got relegated from the Premier League. But the players are going in with the confidence to match their belief in the system, which is ever-growing because it is clearly bearing fruit in the Premier in the Championship in terms of points accrued, victories, clean sheets, everything's working. And even though... Sometimes in the first half in particular, you can hear the fans groaning a little bit at the at the style of play still when, when a when a player won't take the slight chance to, to play a forward pass in a more advanced position and would rather recycle, come across, move it again. Even though there are those little grumbles there, and I understand that, most of the fans go to pretty much all the games now almost expecting to win with almost a bit of an arrogance about them as well so you're kind of bouncing towards the stadium a little bit more rather than kind of trudging out of a sheer sense of duty like a lot of people were last season and the fact that that this this attitude only comes to the fans from the players and not just from what they say in the media which I agree Pete is is very is very positive uh, they always put the good speakers in front of the the cameras. Harry Winks speaks very well, and he's obviously got a lot of experience and and quality. Uh, Jewsbury Hall, obviously, everybody likes him because he works his socks off. He said at the start of the season, before a ball was kicked, that he wanted to be the best midfielder in the championship or the best player in the championship, something along those lines. So it, it's there. Maresca has has instilled in these players the fact that they believe they are the best team and the best players in the championship. 
but they've gone out and they've worked hard for it and they are applying themselves to it and that is the reason that we're top of the Premier League. There will be challenges throughout the season and I'm interested to see actually if if Swansea do pose that kind of challenge, how the players react in the game because in the, in those games where they haven't scored in the first half, it's almost like they've not scored in the first half on purpose because... Maresca likes to shorten the games. He's been very clear about that. And he said, look, the game will be won in the last 20 minutes. So it's clear that he doesn't want to lose a game in the first 45, which is why the risks aren't taken in possession very often, which is why we've scored so many late goals. If things start to go against us, against Swansea, uh, as you're predicting here, Pete, not necessarily against us, but that they're going to cause us some problems, it'd be interesting to see how the players react in the game. And if the result isn't a victory or or isn't a point, then it'll be interesting to see the reaction in terms of the media uh, post-match and whether they get the chance to do pre-match for the for the midweek game is, is probably reasonably unlikely or it'll be a quick turnaround with that. And then how they react on the pitch in the next game because winning is fantastic and it's a habit that you want to get into unless they're very much in that. Uh, but... I wouldn't say Leicester have really been tested that much yet. So Saturday is a very interesting proposition because it's is a team on a very strong run, and I'm I'm very interested to see how Leicester navigate it, and subsequently, if the result isn't that positive, how how things move on from there. Because dealing with the bumps in the road, as there will be, is going to be key to promotion this season it's not really this bit that we're doing right now I'm going to chat about us winning games is great but it's going to be how how you manage the setbacks and so far there haven't really been any it is strange actually when you're doing a podcast like this because we're doing so well it's almost a case of oh yeah let's talk about that goal or let's talk about this goal aren't we great isn't everything great it's so obviously when things are going really wrong there's so much content to be involved with and to get stuck into and or when you just want to like change one or two bits or there's any like real issues at a club any big focus and of course it's been an international week um I mean, we could just talk about Atkins' goal for <laughs> for Turkey. Like, what a great finish that was! But um, when things are going so well, um, you know, you, you, maybe you've got that angle of: Are you just looking for? Are you looking down the league and going? Actually, which team will cause? Are, are you being pessimistic for? Just because you know things will change, you know, you're not going to go and win every single game. That could well be the case. But I, I had those three teams. Um, Question to you, Rob. Quiz. Pop quiz. Which three teams in the league um, did I or have I got down as being the teams that I think would cause less the most problems? One of them, of course, is Swansea. Uh, There's two more. um, And if you want to make it easier, we've played one. And obviously, we haven't played the other team. So can you guess the other two teams? Now, these were what I would have said prior to the season, roughly as it started, kind of, uh, in in terms of, in terms of, obviously they've got to be decent, but also the, the, the style and, and there's, there's got to be more reason than just, oh yeah, I think they're pretty good. This is a, a good question because it's difficult on two fronts. One, I've very rarely got any idea what you're going to say next, so I've got no chance of finding out what's in your head. Two, I did admit about 10 minutes ago, that I don't really watch any championship football other than Leicester. <laughs> so 
Uh, thank you for the clue about it being a team that we've already played. I'm going to go for that team to be the quite tricky looking opening day of the season Coventry game. Uh, that's completely wrong, but there you go. Never mind. Okay, good. Uh, start as you mean to go on. And I'll take a wild punt at... Uh, let's go... I'll pick a relegated team because I know that sometimes they can be all right at football. I'll go for Leeds. Oh, I, I thought you were going to get it right. No, Southampton was one. Um, purely because of their attacking threat. And, and we all know I, I do work for Southampton. And I, I, I think that they have, or they had, the, the capability of really serving it up to Leicester and giving Leicester an awful lot of problems because of their strengths. Um, it turns out they were completely hopeless. Leicester ran right fine. Uh, the other team I've yeah, got down... Yeah, it turns out they're a charity shop version of Leicester City. Exactly. And the other team I had down is, fully enough, the team we're going to play uh, on Tuesday as being Sunderland. Um, purely because you look at Preston and Stoke and let's get it right, it was pretty much the same side but wearing different shirts. And... Um, <laughs> and you're going to get that a lot in the, in the championship, are you? You know, you, you're looking down the list. Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, uh, Stoke, Watford are different. Huddersfield, our label is the same. Plymouth are different. Um, Middlesbrough are different. Millwall, your label the same. Uh, West Brom, probably the same, but slightly above average. Uh, maybe even Hull, I know they're beaters, Cardiff you'd label the same, you know, th- there is that kind of default championship side, and Preston like like we had before, and it's just a different set of shirts, but then other teams have um, something about them, and obviously Southampton, I know about the attacking play with them, and the, and their, I just thought they had the players going forward to really cause Leicester problems, and it didn't work out. Uh, Sunderland, I think, are just a completely different side, because they're, they're so young, so um kind of fearless they 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 will concede goals and they can get a hiding like they had against Middlesbrough even though they got that man sent off I think it was very harsh um and it all kind of fell apart as you would imagine in, with a very young side but also they got that capability of giving teams a bit of a hiding if they're on a roll they've got some really good players and again I think it's going to be a difficult game but if Leicester say score first and 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 really get on top and out bully and, and just almost after 20 minutes give Sunderland no kick of the ball and the, their young players kind of go right hang on we are playing against a, a just a different level here and it kind of becomes men against boys even though that's a, a, a horrible saying but it, it can happen to a team like Sunderland um, but I do think they have certainly the capabilities to, to really um give Leicester a, a really, really good game. Elsewhere, obviously, now you'd, you'd say Ipswich, obviously, because of the way they're playing. But those were the teams that I thought probably would give Leicester um, the most to worry about, just from a style, stylistic uh, uh, look. Swansea, again, I think it's a difficult to go and, place to go and play. They've really turned the form around. And again, it's, it's just the way that they play. Um I would be interested to see whether they'd stick to getting the ball roughly out wide and um, getting down to the byline. That that sort of play, I think, can still hurt Leicester the way that they are, the, the players they've got at the back, and catching Leicester out on occasion uh, on the counter possibly could work against us. But then we've been playing so well and, and we've been so confident in possession, then, then we've just got to go 
and predict a, you'd say a, probably a, a win for Leicester down at Swansea. Looking down the league, actually, some bit of breaking news. Actually, Millwall have just sat uh, Gary Rowett as, uh, as their boss. So, uh, so there we go. That's one little bit of news. Um, so yeah. So even though they're the teams that I I do worry about, um, a prediction now then, Rob, for Swansea before we just go on to Sunderland. Um, what are you going to go for? I'll go first, and I'll go. Um, for me, I'm going to still go for a Leicester win, but I'm going to go for a hard-fought win, and I'm going to go two-one. I'm going two-two. We will not lose, but they will score some goals. Two-two. So you're going? Oh, you're going two-two. So you're going for the draw then? That's the uh, the, the 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 change in form. So you are going for the draw. It's about time we drew a game of football, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. Um, and then we play um, Sunderland. And we'll play at home and they'll bring an awful lot of people down with them. Um, like I said, excellent side, excellent young team. Um, again, it's a, it's a bit of a, a cliche, but, um, you know, they're all very fit, very active, very mobile team. But um, a, a team that does concede. Um, I think they've got that Clark in midfield. Of course, they've got Joe Bellingham as well. Um, two players who, I mean, Bellingham, I remember seeing Job uh, years ago for England at St George's Park for some age group for England. I think it must have been under 17s, but he was about 10 and he was playing. It was it was crazy. Um, and he looks like he's literally on the same trajectory as his brother. Um, it's And it, of course, there's going to be the stories about, um, you know, Real Madrid, etc. and all these teams sending their scouts to go and see him. I don't think it's. I don't think it's got anything to do. Of course, it has got something to do with his brother. Of course, it has. But I think his own football career and his own um, talent has got him to the stage where he's having these scouts go and look at him because, again, he's going literally the same way as his brother. And there, surely, there's no reason to suspect any reason other than um, misfortune that he won't be playing for a real big club after Sunderland. And I'm talking at the end of this season. If Sunderland do not get promoted, he won't be there. Um, and he'll be he'll be picked up by whoever. I mean, it could well be Dortmund. He could literally go on the same path. But um, I think they're going to take a, just a, a serious look at him. And the way that you see... I mean, you saw him play the other day for England... Um, it's very similar, if you haven't seen him. Very, very similar. Um, and so I think that would be very interesting to see him down at, down at the King Power. Who knows? It could be a, a, a signing for Leicester um, in the Premier League. That would, that would be mightily interesting. But Clark as well. Um, excellent, excellent player and is going to give Leicester a, an awful lot to think about. But um, I am very confident about Leicester getting a result at home against them if they do well in that first 20 minutes. If Sunderland in this league, I think if you give them a, uh, give them an inch in a game, I think they'll take it. Um, but I think if you can keep them quiet, keep them running around, keep them chasing the ball, maybe lose a little bit of heart and get that first goal, I'm confident Leicester can actually go on and win and maybe even score a few goals. But um, I think they're a very, very dangerous side. Um, obviously, you don't watch any championship football, Rob. So I'm not entirely sure you're going to add anything to this. But have you seen anything? Did you see that sending off and and the game their defeat to uh, to Middlesbrough? 
I've got absolutely nothing to say on the matter. I I heard of Sunderland. Didn't they used to be in the Premier League and have Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips up front? Something like that. Is that right? Red and white stripes? That's that. That's literally all I can offer. I have seen Joe Bellingham play before, though. Uh, his brother's not bad, is he? With all the the ridiculous amount of goals and man of the match awards he's had this season already. And uh, I know it's very, very speculative, but Bellingham, Job, obviously not Jude, because we're not signing players from Real Madrid. He'd fit in extremely well in one of the two more advanced midfield roles in in Maresca's style of play next season, wouldn't he? Oh well, well yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's just quite ridiculous, isn't it? And who knows? We could have two Bellinghams in the uh, in England side in the not too distant future. But uh, yeah, that that's that's my thoughts on the game. And and again, it, I don't think it really matters what happens with. I don't think it really matters what happens with Leicester in any game this season in terms of their performance in the next game. Um, we had the defeat to Hull and that was quickly turned around. And I just think the way that Leicester play, because they've got this set out style of play, which is all or nothing, you know, we, we, there's no, there's obviously changes and, and, and tweaks during the game that they can make and, and they uh, will make. And also the great luxury of bringing on um, a full new set of forwards or completely revitalise the midfield or defence if needed. If things aren't going well, then you can really freshen it up. But they still will, still will play the same style of football. So if that's all going well, it's fantastic because if you have a defeat, so you have a, a defeat against Hull, like what happened, in a not freak result, but a, a game where you were completely on top, yet... You conceded a, a very good goal to to Hull and um, and the laps lad, but you just couldn't score. It was one of those games. Well, the next game, do you go in slightly frustrated? Do you go in um, hurrying the pass? Do you go in um, still with that on, on your shoulder and in, in the back of your mind? Well, no, because you're playing this style of football. You know exactly what you're going to do. You just go straight into it again, and because of the team that we've got because we are essentially and you know without being big headed we are better than anyone else in the league um they're going to be able to turn this around more often than not and just produce the performance that'll be good enough to win a game and then if you get a full run of results together start playing and maybe even shifting out of third gear which I still think Leicester are in so I just think the the, the style of football that we play and the way we're playing with this Maresca ball a very set way of playing that we all know, I just think that if there is a defeat or there is a little bump in the road, I just don't think it will de- derail this side at all. No, I don't because everybody is is on the same path and like you say, it's, it's almost, well, it, it is methodical. There's no almost about it. It's, it's very much, uh, we're at this stage of the game. I've got the ball in this position. I am very well drilled for this and so are my teammates. I know where somebody's going to be. Everybody's talking to me. And we'll keep the ball ticking this way, that way, this way, that way. And there's been no sign of Leicester panicking at any stage. No sign of throwing the ball forward uh, when in need of a goal, which does frustrate some people, as I alluded to earlier, because some people would like to be a little bit more direct. But the the proof is there that they play this style and eventually they wear the the opponent down. Eventually they find that one forward pass that creates that one chance that that wins you a football match. And it's not always about uh, percentages in terms of 
action areas. It's not always about percentages in terms of or, or the figures in terms of shots on goal. Uh, as long as you've got the players to take it, and it was nice actually in the in the game against Stoke that both the strikers got on on the score sheet. I think that's important that they still uh, that they make sure that they're contributing those things because obviously we've had a quite a few goals from from the uh, the wide players uh, and the advanced midfielders, but the striker almost is is playing a slightly different role in in many sort of many of the patterns and phases of play. So it's nice for them to get on the score sheet as well. Uh, what do you think about the rotation, Pete? Because I think a, f- a few people were, as you mentioned earlier, a little bit surprised about the the changes. But I think it's a real positive that that Leicester obviously obviously the squad on paper the the size and quality of it is far superior to most squads that have ever played in the championship I, I, I firmly believe that but it's not a case of trying to uh, fit players in where they don't because Maresca has been very clear if you don't fit into this system off you go look at Christiansen Luke Thomas offload all the players Castagna gone if you don't buy in or you don't fit in with positionally, gone. Um, it's it's good that the, the the players coming in are feeling valued, but also well drilled enough that nothing really changes. You, you get the odd little change in style of play a, a tiny bit because no players are absolute clones of each other. But it doesn't really matter at the moment whether Cody's playing in the centre of the three or Vestergaard is. I think Suter's done well when he's come back in. Um, you've got other players to come into central midfield. You've got interchangeable wide players. Fatou, Akgun is playing inside a little bit as well. You've just got so many options. Leicester are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday to sort of in the, in the next three games. And then it steadies itself out a bit and it's just weekend games after that. I don't think weekend on weekend you see that much rotation because it's clear that Maresca has a, a a select eleven that he wants to start with. But so so I wonder if the Swansea and Sunderland games, or maybe you'll pick the same eleven for those two, and then uh, and then the next game, the following Saturday, just after the Tuesday against Sunderland, whether he'll change things then, because otherwise he's not going to get to rotate very much in November with there being just one game a week which is rare for the championship I mean I'm looking at the team that played Stoke and I'm looking at that team going I think that's going to be very close to the side that plays against Sunderland Um, I we've obviously had an international period so players have gone away um, and we've had great success with Suter scoring a goal even though it was a deflection but still but playing a couple of games uh, which will be great for him purely on his fitness, etc. And we know he played 85 minutes against uh, Stoke. So it's great for him to actually get some time. I can't see him staying, uh, starting then against um, Swansea. I just can't see it because Cody surely will then come in. Um, alongside, you'd imagine, Vestergaard. It's probably the way that that's going to happen. Um, and then elsewhere in the side, I, I can't see any reason why it can't be Dewsbury Hall, Winks, um, Wilfred and Didi. Vardy will will come in up front um, again at least from the start and you know that Vardy's not going to play the whole game and more importantly Kelechi Iheanacho knows he's not going to play the whole game and also he'll probably know that he's going to start against Sunderland so it's it's great 
to have that in terms of fitness, to have that in terms of a fresh side every time, but also to have that in, in terms of a team harmony as well. These players who are Premier League or were Premier League stars a few years ago and FA Cup winners are now sitting on the bench in the Championship going, hang on, what's happened with my football career? But Kaleshi and Nacho surely are sat on the bench going, I don't mind because guess what? I'm going to come on for the last 25 minutes and probably score a goal and then I'm going to start in the next game because then Vardy will be on the bench because he's 30-odd years old, 37 years old, and he's going to... uh, But he's going to be the number nine still. So... It's it's fine. It, it really is. It's about that team harmony. But of course, if you're top of the league, you can't really see players, or there surely shouldn't be any problems with the squad on on that sense. Um, when it comes into fitting players into certain positions, and I, I again, I just think it's the standard of player that we have is just better on average than any other side, pretty much in the championship. So. When you've got an Atgun who I labelled as being you know, really basic and not good enough in his first game out wide, I probably still think I think that's the case. As an out-and-out winger, I just can't see him being effective. Now, when he comes inside, it turns out he's got a great shot, like we saw him uh, the other day against Turkey. If you haven't seen that goal, go and see it. Yes, the ball sat up nicely, but he hit it. Um, very well and we've seen him actually turn into a nice tidy player who can play in midfield and also have a a nice bit of attitude about him Um, likes a bit of a tackle rescues a situation looks like a decent egg so good on him and a very useful member of the side this season and part of the squad whether they'll make that move permanent we'll wait and see but um, again is it because of the is it because of the quality of the player that we've moved him inside and he's been a relative success or is it just because the standard in this league is not so poor but of a, of a level where Atgun will be fine pretty much anywhere in midfield um Winks is so far surely the player of the season and he's playing with his slippers on he's just a step above and then you look at say Chowdhury Hamza Chowdhury, possibly the, the 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 best example really for a player that I can give because you've got a player there that we know is versatile in position, but also in a winning side, and we've had this, you can maybe say Thomas in the FA Cup winning side or examples of players. In fact, it's happened throughout the history of football when a young player comes into a side um, so you've got a decent team in the league that they're playing. So it could be any standard, but a decent team who are playing well towards the top of the league. You can then fit a youngster in that side, maybe at left back, maybe in midfield, who knows up front. And they can look like um, for the first few games or for the first season or two of their career, maybe a better player than they actually will turn out to be. And we've seen that in many, many different examples over the years, including at Leicester, purely because the team around them is kind of making them not look better, but they they fit in because they're playing in such a good side. It almost gives shines a, a better light on them, and they don't, you know. It, it turns out that when they leave Leicester or whoever they're playing for, they don't have that career again. They don't actually make it into a um, into a top or a relatively top team that they were playing in. It's it's um, it's happened so many times. So Chowdhury, we've seen play for Leicester over the years and all of a sudden he's playing in a really good Leicester side 
and he can play at fullback and he can play in centre midfield and it's not a problem. He looks like uh, one of the better players in the league and there's an example of a player who you would say probably isn't one of the better players in the league. Maybe he's kicked on in his career, hopefully, but because he's in a winning side, everyone's full of confidence, all of a sudden his performance is better. Um, you could say Vestergaard, but... Vestergaard is playing in the cent- in a centre half position. You know, Chowdhury is playing in different positions. So yeah, it is a case of sometimes, or or we have been playing square pegs in round holes. Wilfred Ndidi possibly is the is the better example. You know, a, a player who I still think it's it is Bambi on ice on occasion. It is a bit awkward, but because he is a decent player, he's just getting away with it. Because he's played in the champ- it's Wilfred indeed in the championship, having a right old time going, what am I doing? Getting on the end of passes and crossing the ball in and whipping the ball between the goalkeeper and the oncoming forwards and, and scoring goals. What am I doing scoring goals? It's it's, But because he's just better than the others, they're getting away with it. And if that carries on, then great. I still find it really funny, by the way, the Ndidi thing. Oh, he's having a lovely time as well, isn't he? You can just tell the smile on his face. You're, I haven't seen him enjoy his football at Leicester like this for, for years. I know not many people have enjoyed the football at Leicester in the last last 18 months before this season started, but you can tell. And, and by the end of the, the game, he's hands on knees, absolutely shattered. He doesn't usually make it to the end of the game because he's put so much legwork in getting up and down and up and down. But physically suits that position. Technically, maybe not so much, but he's he's sorted his feet out a few times, a couple of tidy finishes, a, a couple of decent assists as well, and you can't really fault him for that. But you're absolutely right; it, he doesn't he doesn't have these kind of stats. Yeah, if if we play, if we're talking this time next season when Leicester are in the Premier League, uh, so it'd be interesting, kind of what decision is made around him then. But yeah, he's having a brilliant time. Vardy's probably thinking, I'm, I'm part of me is glad that we've come down to the championship because I was struggling big time against the Premier League defenders. Uh, and now here I am against the championship defenders. And, and he scored a couple of vintage Vardy goals that he doesn't score in the Premier League. And, and I think this is why the fans are enjoying themselves at the minute as well. Yes, it's nice to win football matches regardless of what division you're in. But we're getting to see a few different teams come to the to the King Power and getting to go to a few different places and you're seeing players enjoying themselves and everybody's enjoying themselves. Wilfred indeed, he proper encapsulates that, doesn't he? Because he's just got a massive grin on his face. He scores a goal and, and he's almost shocked for a second. He's like, hang on, I've got to celebrate here. This doesn't happen very often. He's going to have to develop a celebration because he's scoring a few this season. I think he'll get to, if Leicester continue like this, he'll get somewhere near double figures, which you would never have thought for somebody like Ndidi. But... This is this is the situation that we're in. Players are enjoying themselves. They clearly want to be there. Um, this is obviously a lot much, a lot easier. Imagine if things had been happening uh, at Leicester like they have at Southampton, where they're trying to play that style of football. It's just not working. And yes, you say we're getting away with it in some instances, and that is that is true because and Didi in this position in a team that has a couple of other passengers or a couple of other players that don't necessarily quite fit there obviously doesn't have anywhere near as much of an impact same for Atgun I think you can you can always carry a player and 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 get away with it for for a good period of time as long as everybody else knows what they're doing and everybody else is better which our squad is then 
a couple of players in slightly unfamiliar roles is fine. I think you see that with somebody, like you say, like Chowdhury, who, yes, when in possession, he moves into central midfield, which is his natural position. And I think most championship teams would very gladly have him in their squad. So I'm very happy that he's in the Leicester squad. Um, but, you know, you look at the team sheet and he's, he's starting at left back. Can you get away with that in the Premier League? Somebody like Chowdhury playing out of position. Leicester don't need a left back at the minute because there aren't any teams in the championship that have made them need a left back. So inside he drifts, carrying on. Maybe Swansea. That that's the that's that's one of the reasons why. Yes, know. exactly. And and that, that's when the questions are going to start getting asked of, of Leicester, and that's why I'm interested to see their responses. Yeah, um, j- just to just to go through the subs against uh, Stoke. Um, Justin, Fass, Cody, Vardy, Mavididi, Albrighton, Dakar, and Didi. I mean, come on. I mean, that team would win the league. I mean, it's winning the league, but it's it it, it is quite ridiculous. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and and, and let's let's just let's just put our uh, sensible hats on again. We're look we're, the the number one. Th- I know HMS pissed the league is in full steam still, but it's about finishing in the top two. It's about becoming a Premier League club again. So even if it is, you know, all a bit of a laugh when it comes to Indeedy, which of course it is still, um, who cares? As long as we're winning, like generally, who cares? And we can evaluate again at the end of the season. Uh, just a word on uh, Indeedy, rumours about possibly signing a new contract. And I think if that's the case, it will be seriously in the in the, the wheelhouse of a Hamza Chowdhury, as you, as you alluded to last week. Um very well in fact when it's quite interesting when I was listening back to that uh, you could hear in my voice I kind of put a, an argument of I didn't I didn't quite get it and then you completely went oh this is the reason why and it was and I'm like yeah <laughs> actually you are completely right I've, I've not thought of it as much as um or you had the, the perfect answer really and and I think uh indeed he would be exactly the same thing you know you get into the Premier League and in this style of football would he be in a position well again we'll cross that when we get to it, um, Vardy, just to, you know, I know completely looking into the future, Vardy's going to be a very interesting one because you've got a player there. Does Vardy play in the Premier League for Leicester next season, knowing he will be more than likely again a bench player because they'll have to sign a, a, a new forward in the Premier League? But again, that's a completely different argument. Does Vardy then leave? after winning the championship you know what a great way of leaving a football club like Leicester in with the career he's had we've got back up we've won the league and I'm off now to maybe play a year or two in MLS or or maybe hang up the boots um on on a on a massive high does he do that or does he or does he want to stay you know we shall see but anyway um I think the team is pretty easy to look to to pick when it comes to Swansea. I think it's going to be the strongest side Leicester can put out. So um, I know Vass played for Belgium, so there might be a question mark about playing him. But again, if you've got um, you've got Pereira, you've got um, Justin, you've also got then the two centre halves, Cody and say Vestergaard, then you wouldn't need Vass to be in the starting lineup. If he's absolutely fine, then of course he can come in. But then again. Surely you'd just say, right, chill out, get yourself completely ready for Sunderland on Tuesday. Great position. Maybe then Suter comes in, or maybe you, you, you're still picking one of the players um, in those positions um, to remain. Chowdhury then can come in for the game midweek. Uh, midfield, 
uh, Winks and Didi and Dewsbury Hall. Of course, then you can bring in uh, Cassidy into midfield, possibly um, into one of those positions if you so desire for the midweek game. And then when it comes to the forward line, you'd, you surely it's going to be Vardy, um, Fatu, I'd imagine, will be playing on one side. And then on the other side, uh, Mavadidi probably ahead of Atgun because he's been away. Um, I'd imagine that would be the case. And then maybe Atgun coming into the side um, in the uh, in the home game against Sunderland. That could be an easily easily the way forward. Um, I'd imagine you'd be probably singing along the same hymn sheet as that, Rob. Yeah, I can't see any difference to that. Obviously, as you said, depends on a couple of players coming back from international duty, but. You've got to go as strong as you can, get back from the international break, back on the same uh, front foot as we were before it, and just uh, business as usual. Uh, so the home game against Sunderland, um, I'm going to go 3-1 for Leicester. Um, again, I think Sunderland just have it about them um, to score. Clark especially, excellent player. and um, So I'm going to go for uh, a 3-1 home win. I'm going for 2-1, I reckon. I'm, I'm going for a, a draw and a win, four points from the next two games. And if and if Leicester get four points out of two games against Pete Selby's top three danger teams in the championship, then that will uh, be a very good return. Yes, it will be. Um, speaking of, uh, of good returns, um, the Leicester City women's side, we'll just finish the podcast with the women's side and then the... Um, the FPL league, but yeah, the women's team going really, really well, and um, there, there was an awful lot of. Well, we mentioned it in in kind of passing um, last season. Um, we also gave them a, a, when they got promoted to the WSL, and they they hung on in that first season, and then really expected them to kick on. Um, it never happened in terms of signings, that is. And then they did extremely well from a such a terrible position in the league last year to survive. Um, and obviously then, look, you, you've you survived in the WSL by the skin of your teeth late in both seasons, doing extremely well. First of all, the first season, brilliant. Second season, very disappointing, but then somehow turning it around and actually staying in the WSL, which again is everything. And then in the postseason, they sign a lot of players. It seemed to be the men's side sign a player, the women's side sign a player. And it looked like that they've strengthened in all of the areas that if you were looking at a side going, right, actually, overall, we're just not good enough to compete against some of the top teams in this league, as are a lot of sides in the WSL. So essentially, if there's a better player in any single position, get them. Um, And... The first thing that they've done is they've gone and consigned a decent goalkeeper, uh, or, or should I say, a um, a goalkeeper who is better than the goalkeeper that they had already. And um, Leipzig has been really, really good, and it makes a lot of difference in in women's football. You've seen a lot of women's football, so have I. Done an awful lot of work in women's football um, in WSL because of the, the the disparity in quality between the top teams and the bottom sides. Um, the goal you you need to have a good goalkeeper. You just you really do. It makes so much difference, and um, our keeper's been very very good. And then you look going forward, and the one thing Leicester had, um, or sorry, I haven't had in the last two seasons is goals. Now I know because of the lack of chances and the lack of possession you're going to have against the top three or four teams in the league, um, and that maybe extended to maybe six or seven teams last season. 
um, you're not going to have the chances. They're going to play a, a, a lone striker who's going to be running around all over the place up front and just not get a touch. It's something that Leicester have struggled with. But this season, they've signed a few players. And not only that, they've also then had the players from last season. Um, just with that bit of quality around them, they've all of a sudden started to... Um, I don't know, kind of grow into the league and almost being, it's not made them better players. I'm probably going to say because Leicester have improved in certain areas, it's given them a chance to be a better player because for a lot of the games, they just weren't getting a kick. And now all of a sudden, you're playing in a side with a bit of confidence, with better players, and they're shining more. They've been given a chance to actually shine and be the player that they, they always they always were, but because they're in such a, a poor side around them, they just didn't have the chance against half the league. And they brought in um, lots of Lena Petterman who's been brought in, the German uh, striker. Um, really good. And again, just a completely different player. Someone who can actually do something for herself and is, can beat players, score goals, and also then give the opposition someone to focus on wearing a blue shirt. When before, it seemed like teams were playing against Leicester women going... I, it it doesn't really matter. You know, we can just play our game. doesn't matter who's playing for them. They haven't really got anyone who's got that bit of X factor about them. Now we do. And we've started the league with a win, 4-2 away at Bristol City. We then played at home at the King Power and beat Everton 1-0. We then played in a WSL um, Cup group stage game because they have group stages uh and we beat Liverpool 2-1 at home. And then we went away to Manchester United and drew 1-1. Um, Manchester United was playing tonight in the Champions League in the women's game. Um, an absolutely fantastic start. The one thing Leicester always had was organisation. I remember seeing them at Arsenal a few times. They they were so well organised um, under the previous manager as well. But uh, Willie Kurt's got them, again, similarly organised. But they now have a few players who can actually do damage, and it's bringing other players out of almost out of their shell. I know that might sound sound a little bit disparaging, but you get what I mean with it, and uh, it's just great to see. And hopefully, the attendance is. I've been trying to find the attendance for the game um, at home to Everton because it was given a, a real push, um, and I'm, I, hopefully, the attendances are, are getting more and more at the King Power, but. Uh, yeah, seven points from three games, currently second in the WSL, and it's looking good from a point of view of we're probably going to stay in the league next year, but we are starting to make our way up the division as well because you can't be hanging around that bottom of the league all the time. And some of the sides have, have gone from being promoted to being in the top five or six. Why not Leicester this time? And then, of course, then it attracts other players to the club. Again, a very big club. Look at the the ground that we're playing in and they've got their own training ground. Banging that drum for ages. Surely it's time for Leicester women to signing some some real top players and a very good season, finishing maybe in a top six or seven, could then attract players to Leicester to go, actually, we can go and play for Leicester and maybe try and qualify for Europe next year. I think you're right, because if you look at the quality of the players that they've managed to recruit this summer, it's been their best summer of recruitment by a long stretch uh, for those reasons that you've just mentioned. I watched the game against Manchester United on uh, on Saturday lunchtime, and it, it's very clear that, the, that there's there's a calmness and, and, and control at the back. But uh, the, the, uh, the pressing impressed me, because it's it's very, very clear 
that this Leicester squad are ridiculously fit. Now, obviously, all professional athletes are, but there are levels of fitness and they press so high that they nullified a lot of Manchester United's threat, uh, managed to get the goal, then did tuck in a little bit and sit a little bit deeper. But as you said, then the organisation comes in and then you, you manage to make sure that you get a point against a team that are one of the top four um, and probably will be one of the top four come the end of the season. It's been a slowish start for a couple of teams and Arsenal have uh, have had a mixed bag so far and you would kind of expect them, uh, Chelsea and Manchester City, really to be the sort of, to make up the rest of the top four. But if if Leicester have managed to sign the, this quality of players, I was very impressed with Petterman up front because um, Leicester did did allow Manchester United to have a fair bit of possession. But every time Leicester got the ball, you can get the ball 30, 40, 50 yards up the pitch by finding her feet. I, I, I can't recall her giving the ball away very often at all. Most of the time she held off the challenge, gave it to somebody else in a blue shirt and got Leicester up the pitch. And... That was a very effective strategy. It was by no means long ball. The passes were accurate into her feet most of the time and she looked after it. And and Leicester could build from there. If they've managed to recruit quality players like that this uh, this summer, having survived by the skin of their teeth, and then they have a really good season where they finish, like you say, somewhere in, in sixth-ish mid-table in the, in the WSL, then... All of a sudden, other players who from abroad maybe who fancy uh, the WSL, fancy trying trying playing in English football, look at Leicester with the setup they've got, as you said, and uh, a positive looking season like this, the, the the way that this has begun. Why wouldn't they sign for him? Absolutely, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Looking forward to trying to go and see a game as well. Um, if it, you know. Um, depending on dates, etc. But yeah, really, really good news. Like it's just what we all wanted, really, as Leicester fans, just to be not scrapping against relegation and um, and being involved in a mid-tables. Again, you've got some the the squad, the difference in quality of squad between let's say Arsenal, Man City, and those in mid-table is ridiculous. And it is in the in the men's Premier League, but in WSL, it it, it really is. So. But if Leicester can be that kind of almost best, you know, best of the rest kind of team um, away from the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the the Manchester City's, etc., um, that would be a, a huge fillet. And and hopefully, hopefully, the club are um, well. Someone at the club is is wise enough, brave enough to to really push some kind of offer. You don't want Leicester City women. Um, or oh, sorry, the the tickets for Leicester City women's games at the King Power to be some kind of um, oh it's free we'll go along for 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 a laugh or for given away, but on this on the other hand, you kind of do because you want the big crowd, you want people to go there for the first time to see this team to get used to the names to get used to the people and. That will just make the team better and better, and give them obviously a huge boost, and and really push the women's game. I, again, I'd love to go down and see what what they're actually doing. I, I'd hope that they're giving huge amount of tickets away to local schools. I mean, it's just an easy thing to do in a ground like the King Power. You know, you literally have one end as being just full of kids. You know, why not? It it, it surely should happen. 
But I would like to see the club be very brave in their ticketing policy. If you're, first of all, um, and I don't know, and I'm sure there's a perfectly proper reason why it can't happen, why it doesn't happen. Um, and I know you can buy a season ticket for the women's team. And I know they are very cheap. But for the life of me, I don't understand why, if you're a season ticket holder, um, and I know that certain stands aren't open, etc. But still, you know, you can then apply for a ticket online. But I don't understand why, if you're a season ticket holder with the men's team, you can't either get a free ticket with your ticket, or maybe a ticket for a quid or for a fiver. Something along them lines. There needs to be some kind of correlation between being a season ticket holder with a men's club, uh, with a men's side, and then being able to go to the women's side for for in a very easy capacity. Um, so easy that people who have uh, no idea that they're on and no interest go. Do you know what? Let's go down. They're playing against Manchester City tomorrow or whatever, and I can go for free. I literally can just turn up with my ticket and 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 get in. Some capacity, if that can happen, that would be fantastic. Because you're not going to... Leicester just isn't the size of, of place where you're going to have a, a sold-out Emirates like they do for, for, for games for, for the women's team. Or at least, on average, 40-odd thousand. It's just not going to happen. There needs to be some outside-of-the-box thinking. And um, I don't know how that looks, but um, I've been banging that drum to do with the race course, how, how they can't link up the football and the rugby and everything with the race course and have specific days or huge reduction in 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 price of your entry but anyway that's the that's buy and buy but um yeah so i i I presume there's a logical reason rob that you're going to come up with why that can't happen look even though leicester are top of the league the men's team and the women's team have had a great start to the wso you still find a way to have a little rant in a podcast (laughs) well it's not a rant it's just it's a it's a dream it's a hope it's a it's it's just i want something that's so easy to do that people do go down and all of a sudden you will get nigh on 10,000 people down at the King Power watching the women's team. That would be fantastic. And that season ticket that you've got for the men's side allows you to have like four tickets for the women's side for only a small amount. So you can take your kids. And I, I don't see the reason why, I can't see any reason why that shouldn't happen. But be really pushed on people like... Come down. It's free for you. you. You're here watching the men's side. I, you know, on the, on the reverse of the ticket, it's got the women's game already printed on there. So you look at it and go, if you've got the match ticket, you go, oh, it's actually got two tickets, one on the other side, something like that, to literally go, there's your ticket, and then you go, oh, I might as well go down. Literally feeding, force feeding it. I, I can't, I can't see any reason why that's not a not a a, a good thing. But anyway, we're going to finish on the. Um, on something that's gone extremely wrong for me, and that's the, uh, the 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 Premier League, the FPL. Because again, who cares about the Premier League apart from you, Rob? Um, the FPL League. Uh, this is the top ten. Now in tenth place, we've got Yun, Run Yori Run, which we'll come on to Telemans at the end. Uh, Run Yori Run by Tom uh, Strangewood. He's on five hundred and three points. Uh, in ninth place, down in ninth, David Wagstaff with SP Bulldogs 504. Up into eighth place is Bruce Tolley with Lingardium Leviosa. 
506 points. Uh, down into 7th place, Jack Flanagan, How I Met Your Matter, uh, at 507 points. Uh, up into 6th place, Scott Kersey. I know Scott from work. Scott, how are we doing? Uh, he's not listening to this. Um, what would Jan Mulby do? Um, big Liverpool fan. Uh, 507 points. Uh, top 5, up into 5th place, Bright Arusu with Man Red. Uh, 509 points. So not a lot between 10th and 5th. Uh, only seven points. Uh, fourth place, Mr. J, Crafty Fox, 510 points. And then the top three have broken away. We've got in third place, down into third place, Steve Curtin, uh, AFC Lost and Found, 521 points. Down into second place, Sam Smith with Inter Night Garden, at 532 points. And a new leader, and that's Gabriel D'Souza with uh, D'Souza FC. And he's on 536 points after a 63-point uh, game week. Um, Rob, I mean, I'm miles away. Like my team's terrible. I, had, I had picked my wild card the other week. It's gone terribly wrong. I'm in 162nd place, and I have no idea where you are. That is sensationally bad, Pete. Is it, is it even worse than? Most of the positions you've mocked me for being might even be lower than where I finished last season when I didn't play for the last eight game weeks or something. Uh, I can say this at the moment. I can lord it over you because I am up into 46th place with a score of 62 in the most recent week, um, which puts me, if the top 10 is, what, 503, it puts me... What, 36 points outside the top 10, which I will very much take. I had a couple of slow weeks to begin with, but I kept faith with my team. Didn't do anything drastic like a crazy wild card that completely backfired on me. And um, I've been steadily picking up the points. I made a, not a gamble as such, but I decided not to captain Haaland in the most recent game week and went for Salah instead. And he bagged 15 points, which doubled themselves nicely into 30 so he scored basically half my points so a good captain decision and a few extras here and there and I am uh, on my way up well I think you're so far away from me that I can just start cheering your team on so yeah that's uh, that'll do nicely just reading actually Manchester United actually didn't qualify for the group stage of the Champions League and the women's they lost to uh, oh they lost to PSG so <laughs> lost to a decent side but anyway um yes so that's the uh, the fancy football uh, just to uh, just to finish on Rob um Yuri Tillemans it's all gone horribly wrong for him at Villa um seems like he's fell out with Unai Emery and uh, uh, you know there's obviously a few Leicester fans on on the Twitter sphere or whatever it's called now um have uh, been kind of laughing about that and you know um, saying oh, I wanted a Champions League team, no one came in for him, and you know leaves on a free. He, he was always going to leave on a free, and when you look back at Yuri Tielemann's career, along with Madison, etc., I've got nothing against them at all. You know, great highlights, obviously for Yuri Tielemann, he's got an amazing highlight. Um, Madison's just an interesting one. There's still an awful lot of hate for Madison, which I can't can't quite understand. I someone posted on Twitter, and I I replied to it actually. Uh, I I completely agreed with it. It was a basically saying about Madison. It's because he's a star because he was the star player. He got he gets a lot more abuse for what happened last year. We know he posted some silly things on Twitter, etc., and also had a bad game every now and again and some people say down tools I'm not too sure but 
I just think because he was the star player, he's going to get more more abuse. But overall, I think there were other players, and I think a fair few other players, who should take more blame for what happened last year. Also, people away from the actual playing staff, um, not too hard to figure out who, but I think there's on the playing staff, I think there's a lot more who would be at the top of a list of um, reasons we got went we went down, or for players who had worse seasons than Madison by a long way, a long long way. But because he's because he ended up moving to Spurs, and I don't know, he's going to get a lot lot of jip when Harvey Barnes wouldn't get that. Is it because Harvey's from Leicester? I don't know, but yeah, just that still rum, rumbles on. I'm, I'm not too sure why, but Yuri Tillemans, I think the same as well. I think people. If we draw Villa in the cup, I don't think I don't think he's going to play for a start. But I think people will be less um, welcoming for someone like him. I know it ended in relegation, but I, you know he didn't have the greatest of season. But was it Yuri Tillemans' fault that we got relegated? Not, not at all. Again, there'll be players ahead of him um, in that list. Fully enough, actually, Yuri Tillemans will be ahead of Madison for me in a in a list of players who, whose fault it kind of was. Um, so obviously he's not playing for Villa um, and he's fell out with the manager and it's a very easy link to make but some people suggested you know would would you take Yuri Tillemans back at Leicester would you take him back in this new team and we're not saying that it's going to happen and we're not saying that we really really want it to happen and if it doesn't happen we're not going to get promoted but um when it was asked I just looked at it and went well absolutely because the style of football that we're playing would suit him down to an absolute ground. And I think if you're saying it wouldn't, I don't under- I couldn't see that at all. Him in one of those number eight roles would be it, it it'd be absolutely perfect. He wouldn't be he, he, of course he would be up and down, not as quickly as he as we'd probably like him to, but I can't see it. The the the, the, the passing. Like he's probably the best passer of the ball we've had at the club. And he'd be have space, he'd have time He'd have other players doing a lot of donkey work for him. And I think he'd be doing exactly what Winks is doing. I think he'd be playing in his slippers. And he'd look a million miles above anyone else in this league. That's And that's completely honest. I think if, if Yuri Tillemans was in this team right now, um, I, it, he would be starting every game or uh, trying to at least... Um, you'd imagine he would be the first pretty much name on the team sheet along with, say, Winks and that. I think he'd be, again, playing with his slippers on. In the Championship, yes, of course you'd take him. In the Premier League, my answer would be no, because I think um, when when things were tough for us last season, Yuri Tielemans is not a, a singular person to blame. Every single person connected with the club is essentially to blame with uh, for, for Leicester getting relegated. Let's be honest, it was a completely collective effort. Um, I don't think this system in the Premier League would suit him at all, because the only position he'd be able to play in would be the Harry Winks job, uh, and I think Harry Winks is probably better at that job than Yuri Tielemans. In the Championship, yes, of course he could play that for the reasons that we stated about Undidi earlier. He could he could play in that role because he'd get a lot of time and space. Who would you rather have in and around the penalty area on the ball, Wilfred Undidi or Yuri Tielemans? It's Tielemans any day of any week. Of course it is. I don't. I, you can understand a little bit of the grumbles about these players, Tielemans and Madison, but ultimately they're ambitious players. They are both. Um, for me, above championship level, I know I've just said I wouldn't take Tielemans in the in the Premier League, but 
I think he could go and play in pretty much any of Europe's other top leagues and look very, very good in in decent teams, teams that were certainly competing to, to qualify for Europe. I just think it was the it was the physicality and the intensity of the of the English league that that bypassed him. He had every other attribute, and uh, Madison, come on! I mean, there, there was absolutely no way whatsoever that a player who essentially carried Leicester for large periods of the time that he was there, there was no way he was going to stay at Leicester in the Championship. It's a it's a season of a very short career wasted for him where he'd have no chance of getting in the England squad that he's worked extremely hard to get into. And then you look at the quality that he's producing at Tottenham, who were top of the league, and and you say, of course, it was a, a great move for him. He thoroughly deserves it. I, I personally look out for for Tottenham now a little bit more. And there's always going to be the uh, came third in the two-horse race job, the, the fact that Spurs haven't won any silverware in God knows how long, all that kind of stuff. But... Look at him. He's a guy that that did a lot of great things at Leicester. Not to blame for anything that happened. Uh, gave us some amazing moments. One of the best technical footballers that I've ever seen in a Leicester shirt. And now he's proving that by getting into the England squad again and by being a key part of a team that's top of the Premier League. It's it, The sour grapes are unnecessary for me. Yeah, they are. Um, For me, I would just say now, if Leicester get promoted and... Tienemans would be on a free contract and would want to and and is wanting to sign for Leicester just just out a pure pure um, hypothetical. I'd be a yes. I'd be a massive yes. I'd I'd sign him in a heartbeat and say, "Yep, come back on a free a free contract." You're a Tienemans on a free. Yes, please playing Maresca ball, playing Enzo ball, whatever kind of ball you want to say. Yeah, I think I think he would fit perfectly into this system if of course he wants to but that's all hypothetical but there we go that's it for the podcast we'll be back um next week i'd imagine probably after the sunderland game rob um or maybe just before depends on what what we're doing but um i'd imagine more than likely after sunderland because it's on a tuesday so maybe this time uh next week but uh yeah anything else rob no i think we've covered it yep Anything that you want us to cover, then make sure you do get in contact uh, for fox8podcast at gmail.com is the email and at ffspod is where you can find us on Twitter. Type in for fox8podcast onto Facebook and you'll find us on there as well. So give us a follow, uh, get in contact, send us a message in any way, shape or form and uh, we'll do our best to uh, try and remember to either read them out or acknowledge them and then remember to actually talk about it uh, on the podcast. But that's it for now. On the back of two further wins, fingers crossed, we'll be back before we then play uh, Queen's Park Rangers, which has got 1-0 Vardy written all over it, that really good Vardy finish in the uh, the championship winning season, you may remember. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back uh, hopefully before that game, up the city and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm.